were wanting to have a slightly different kind of conversation for these podcasts. And when we first started recording podcasts, we'd gone to the narrative ground rules, which are a kind of set of precepts that I think Paul and Murray, that's Paul Brody and Murray Nossel, who are the two founders of narrative, had mm. written these ground rules. And I think at first they, you know, I don't know, put together 17 or 18 or something, and then they added a few more. Mm. And I think there's 21 now. There's 21. And I've always found the ground rules really interesting because they feel to me very practical and useful. When I think of organisations that have values, and I've always questioned looking at a list of values and seeing ideas that just look so obvious as to why why do you talk about honesty or transparency or collaboration as being a value of, of an organization isn't that mm. something that is isn't that, isn't that a given isn't that a kind <laughs> of given of working with people yeah but, um, but maybe not <laughs> and what are the other kind of values yeah integrity hard work commitment collaboration uh, they they feel slightly redundant because i look at them and think well if you have to remind yourself that those are your values, then you, the, the bar is very low. And so I've always found the ground rules really interesting because I can at random look at one and and it makes me think. Mm. And, mm. and I can look at one that I've looked at six months before and it'll make me think about something different. They, so they feel very practical and alive to me, which is why I'm pleased that we have them as a kind of resource. So... So that's making me think that the first ground rule that we made a podcast about mm. was, I, I don't know what ground rule number it is, that probably doesn't matter. I can, you I can, can look you it up, it anyway. I can tell you. It says, we are artists free to live outside any box. And so mm. I'm thinking, wow, and how would that be if you were, you know, a company that manufactured parts for motor vehicles yes and or an accountancy firm yeah and one of your maybe you don't want to be (laughs) we are artists as an accountant free to live outside any box but it's an interesting way of thinking about what you do how can I bring Mm. creativity to bear on the thing that we make how we make it Mm. how we relate to one another as uh, team members um, and actually, I'm going to remind you that our accountant was an artist. That's was true. A sculptor, our wasn't he? He was, and a musician. And a musician, a and that was one of the things we quite liked about yeah. an accountant who had a creative side. Um, so, so yes, rather than have you know ground rules or a, a value statement that states the obvious, why not have something that can actually um, make you think about yourself mm. and what you do in a slightly different way so anyway this is all a big digression because the one that we thought dan you've got your mouth wide open like you want to say something i was just going to say what what you you're going to say really with that yes <laughs> but you want to say it but i want to say it <laughs> clearly um that yesterday this ground rule popped into my head and i mentioned it to you and only today in opening up the ground rules did i register that it's the first one and so here we are at ground rule number one, which is we recognise that all words have energy and have the ability to transform. So, yes, this popped into my head, the idea of words having energy. Oh, that's given you something. No, it has given me something to think about because I had forgotten the whole ground rule. 
I thought it was all words have energy. Yeah. And and so I'm now sitting here thinking, so what difference does it make to it? We recognise that all words have energy and have the power to transform. Mm. I mean, it, I, I don't know what change that makes to it, but it's it, that is more complex than how I'd remembered it, which is all words have energy. And if all words have energy, then every word in that ground rule has energy. Mm. The, rec- the recognition of it, the fact that it's, you know, we recognise what that says to me is that Yes, a lot of the time we can, we can walk around, we can communicate with people, we can have our conversations, we can say what we say, and we can not recognise that everything that we say mm. has energy. We can act like it doesn't matter, mm. that um, we can talk about ourselves in a particular way. Oh, I'm too scared to do this. I'm not good enough to do this. Um, you know, we can that... talk about other people in a certain way exactly. and not register that even if those people aren't hearing our words, uh, the fact that we speak them has an impact on us and anybody that does hear them. Yeah. So I can talk about President Trump in a certain way and he's not going to hear my words, but my words have energy and that has an impact on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, because I was just reflecting, well, if I talk about myself, oh, I'm a bit rubbish at that. I always hear it. I always hear myself saying that, and it has an effect on me. But you're absolutely right. Our judgments about other people Mm. go in as well, have an impact on us as well. We hear that because, yeah, it comes back to that idea of if you have an enemy and you're full of enmity or somebody that you hate or you want to take revenge on somebody, you are hurt by that taking of mm. revenge. You mm. are hurt by that bitterness and anger that you hold because it's you holding it in your body. It's you speaking words of hatred and that's, and that's not good for us. That's not to say that it's easy to forgive anyone or that it's easy to... Um, to flip and be able to always empathise with somebody else. Mm. But to recognise that all words have energy, then, yeah, how would, it, how would it be if we talked about other people with compassion? Even if we disagreed with them yeah. entirely, yeah. but we could still find a place of compassion, what would that be like? It's challenging. As we as we know, um, you know, the, the space of compassion takes a lot of awareness, self-awareness and awareness and groundedness, I think. It's interesting because this, this popped into my head because I was thinking, I was talking with somebody over the weekend, somebody in America, who'd said on Sunday that they already felt differently. They were a Biden supporter. They already felt differently about that massive um, body of people who are Trump supporters and voted for him in the presidential campaign. Um, And he said, I already feel differently about those people um, with a 
And, and what I got from that was with a with um, less of that kind of binary antipathy that both sides have had for the other. And and I, we ended up having conversation about Joe Biden's speech. And I think that the speech that Biden and Kamala Harris made um, over the weekend, those speeches, which were full of positivity, um, absent of negative language about other people. In fact, the opposite. Biden was all about, um, you know, unity and being the present for everybody, as we had hoped, as people had hoped and expected. But him talking in a different way, in using a different kind of language than we have heard recently, I think begins that shift of us feeling differently about those people. And, and that really made me think of this idea that words having energy. His words were having an energy, were, were changing um, the way uh, anti-Trump support, supporters of Biden or anti-Trump sentiment, and maybe enabling that to just dissipate a bit and have the compassion to see people as people who are fearful, um, angry, frustrated, whatever it might be that we might characterise um, where Trumpism comes from. Mm. There's something... So, so, that, so that's the idea that the positivity of those words could dissipate something. But I, I, it's really interesting where we were when we started this conversation, thinking about negative words that we use and... Um, it actually reminded me of working with a quite a, a, a renowned voice teacher early on in my career called Patsy Rodenberg, who would who would really get you to focus on the viscerality of words that you spoke and how swear words and the expletives have certain sounds that make your mouth and your face do certain things. Mm. Um, so that they have fricatives in them and they have Ks and uh, things that you can hit with your tongue and your lips so that, you know, even as I'm talking about this, I've got my hand in a fist and I'm kind of... And, and that, because when we use expletives and we direct them at people, that's what we want them to do. We want them to... We want to hit people yeah. with, with, the, with the breath. Our, yeah. Exactly. Mm. And... It's really interesting just to think it's not just a kind of metaphor or, um, you know, the psychological impact of using words. It's what they do with our faces and our and our vocal apparatus as we speak them. It has a physical... I've actually found myself kind of getting more tense as I've even been talking about mm. using words like that. Um, and... So, yeah, the, the tension that is bound up in words, in both what they mean and how we say them. I'm still in American politics, of course, because last week has been all-consuming. So think of the energy of all those words that we have listened to from all different sides and commentators. And, and I'm remembering that Hillary Clinton was recorded as describing people as deplorables mm. and that... Mm. And that, that those words carried a great deal of energy. Those those words, you know, typified the the gulf between 
well, you know, there's those who are deplorable and those who are not deplorable is what that, that choice mm-hmm. of language makes. But it's like, in a way, she had set up that, um, that polarisation. Uh, and then Trump continued it because that was, that was, that's how he operates. Um, so he never had any inclusive language. It was, mm. you know, he couldn't, he wasn't even magnanimous in his victory when he won. So it was all about, you know, winning and two sides. So the energy of that has, of course, continued through his whole presidency and now out the other side. Yeah. It, broadening, it, broadening it out, what, where, does, where does this conversation leave me then? It's, it's a reminder to, for me personally, to... Um, to use my words really consciously I'm thinking of being a parent as well now and I'm thinking of you know conversations that pop up between me and my kids around kind of intention and impact when I will when I will kind of identify to one of them that they've said something to me and it's had an impact and they'll they'll say well I didn't you, you misheard it or that's not what I said or that's not what I meant and trying to kind of identify to them the difference between, well, you might not have thought that that was what you were saying, but this is how words used like that land. And, of course, teenagers are, you know, it's a very distinct phase of your Mm -hmm. life. There's lots of stuff going on, and part of it is about cutting yourself off and, and widening the gap between you and your parents so that you can individuate and become an adult. But it's just making me think personally about, be, you know, being more conscious about how I use words and thinking about some of the kind of political debate that you and I might have in the house, in the family. I'm aware of times when you might have just heard something and you'll, I'll get from you a kind of stream of... Well, energy, uh, yeah. energy around something. I was apoplectic this morning having listened to, you know, Matt Hancock. They, you know, he's got a great, a great name that's full of fricatives and, and the rest of it. His name sounds like a swear word. But, yeah, listening to Matt Hancock, and I, I, yeah, and I was apoplectic. Um, it, it triggered a lot of energy, a lot of anger in me because I didn't agree with what he was saying and yeah to recognize his words have energy and my words about him have energy and Mm. the other part of the ground rule is and have the power to transform and and that's the kind of that's the Ah. that's the the really really positive part of the ground rule because the the recognition parts that what i say actually does make a difference whether if it's directed at someone and they hear it or not me saying it it has an energy that will have an impact at the very least on me so i guess that's elsewhere but the second part is and it has the power to transform so once you learn that bit or you get that bit Mm. then what can i do with what i say but i want to come back to that that 
uh, yes, I want to come to that transform bit because I think that's a really good point. Um, but the other bit is where, and you've, I'm no doubt you've noticed this with me too, when one of us has heard something the other one hasn't heard and they're, or read something, um, and they're f- full of the kind of invective. And that's when I really feel the energy of, or see the energy, uh, the impact that your words are having on you, not just on me. When I'm, if I've heard it with you and have the same feelings, then I probably don't notice because we're probably both whipped up into the same energy around um, whatever the issue is. But when I haven't, then I see, oh, I can see that you're really worked up and angry and I'm receiving it, but I can see it's having an impact on you. And I'm sure you have seen the same in me. Mm. Times when I might be worked up about something and you can observe, you're hearing the words, but actually the words are having more impact on me saying them than they are on you receiving them. So that idea that words are to communicate something, well, it's almost like the words I'm choosing are communicating more to me as the speaker than to you as the listener. Mm. Which is really interesting when we come back to our that thing that's it right at the heart of what we do at narrative that that relationship between listening and telling, mm. and we and we talk about our consciousness of the power of listening, but we also talk about listening to ourselves, um, how we listen to ourselves, and now I'm realizing it's how we speak to ourselves as mm. well. Mm. Or when we speak, that you know that we are speaking to ourselves. And I feel like I've seen it lots of times when somebody tells a story, and it might be a story that they've never told before, or it might be a story that they've told many times, but they're telling it in a different way because they're sitting in a workshop with us. Yeah. And hearing themselves say the words they feel the energy of their words. They feel the energy of their story yes. in a particular way, in a new way. Um, you know, yes. the, the power of telling your story, you know, of course, um, can't be underestimated because all words have energy. But I, I like that, yes, because that's not a but at all. It's an and. And I like that because we do always say that exploring stories with us you get to listen to people's stories you get to tell your stories and you get to hear yourself tell your own story and I think um, that's not a small thing yeah you can get to be surprised by your story illuminated by your own story so so let's so let's land on this idea of transformation because for me transformation feels like in, it is inherently a, a positive word. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be, of course, but for me, it what feels um, implicit in that is that you can transform something for the better. That's what it offers. That's what it invites. And that your words can have that power in the world. Yeah, even though the meaning is is also about recognition that, it, it, you know, the energy of your words can transform things in, in multiple directions. Yeah, but which is the acknowledging and being conscious yeah. of, with how you use them. Yeah, um, but I think most of us don't intend to go through life 
kind of dropping bombs into our relationships, into our families, into our work teams. You know, I do think that everybody is doing their best. Sometimes their best might not be great, mm. but people are doing their best. Um, so, yeah, that recognition that, that what you say and how you say it has the power to transform. I'm going to thank you for this conversation, which um, has allowed me to learn something and understand something in a new way, which 15 minutes ago, um, those thoughts hadn't popped into my head, but they kind of deepened and clarified something for me. So that's why I enjoy these conversations. Yeah, yeah. Well, me too. And thank you. And you don't have to thank me because I think it's what I learned was from deconstructing the whole of that ground rule. So thank you, Paul and Murray, because amazing. <laughs>